Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is James 2, 14 through 26. Imagine you know someone that almost every time you see them, they are wearing a New York Yankees hat. They're always wearing it. And so one time you you finally ask them, so what's going on? Why do you always wear a New York Yankees hat? And they say, well, man, I'm just, I'm just a huge Yankees fan. Always have been. Just, just love the Yankees. And so you're like, all right, I guess this guy's a big baseball guy, a big Yankees fan. Okay, so you make that a point of conversation. And the next time you see him, you're like, Hey, how are the Yankees doing this year? And he's like, ah, you know, I'm not really sure. I haven't checked lately. Um, or you come up another time and be like, hey, did you see that home run Aaron Judge hit last night? And they're like, who's that? Well, he's one of the stars of the Yankees. And you start putting this together. You start asking more questions. And actually, you come to learn they've never been to a Yankees game. They've never watched a Yankees game. They don't know one player on the Yankees. What, what would you say? Is that person really a Yankees fan? I, I don't think so. I, I would say their Yankees fandom is is dead, so to speak. And this is just a, a somewhat silly example of how we know in our culture just making a claim doesn't necessarily mean anything. A claim has to be backed up up. It has to be backed up with action. You can say one thing, but if your actions don't show that, right, you can say, I love you to your spouse or to your kids or to your parents. But what good is that proclamation of love if it is not backed up by a demonstration of that love? And that's the principle we see today in the second half of James chapter two. We see very clearly that faith without works, is dead. Uh, Just as claiming to be a Yankees fan without knowing anybody on the team, that's being a dead fan, or love that professes love but never shows love is dead love, Uh, faith without works is dead. And we're going to see this in James 2, and I want us to consider this uh, at two levels. One, kind of a broader level, And then second, more specifically, I mean, at the broader level, we need to confess, we need to understand that not everyone who claims to be a Christian is actually a Christian. Not everyone who claims to be saved is actually saved because we know, and this should be not groundbreaking. Anybody that has eyes and ears and looks out at the United States of America should be able to understand that not everyone who claims to be a follower of Jesus Christ is actually following Jesus Christ. I don't think this is rocket science. Uh, So the text here is pretty clear. Let's look at some things in the text. You see in verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? So there, 
uh, James uses one of the most powerful statements, I think, in the whole Bible on this topic, where he points out that even demons have correct theology. Even demons know that God is one, but they're not saved, right? They're not actually embracing that truth that you need to show your faith by your works. And he goes on to say some things uh, that make you scratch your head, especially verse 24. He goes and he gives the example of Abraham and how he was justified by works when he offered Isaac on the altar. Um, And then verse 23, we'll come back to that, but verse 24 will make you scratch your head because you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. So there's a verse in my Bible telling me that I am not saved by faith alone. And if you know church history at all, you know, a very significant thing that happened just over 500 years ago, what we call the Reformation, one of the cries of the Reformation, there were these five sola statements, sola being Latin for alone, and one of them is really by faith alone, as opposed to the Roman Catholic teaching that we are saved uh, by something of a mixture of our faith and works. No, we are saved, we are justified by faith alone. Well, how does that match up with what I am seeing here? Well, one way I think that's helpful to think of this is think of a math equation. Think of a math equation. And you've got the gospel plus the response equals salvation plus good works. That, I think, if you if you put this passage together and with all the other passages, especially now think back to this argument that we're saved by faith and not by works, that's not just something we've seen in church history. If you've been reading through the New Testament, we've seen that in Romans. We've seen that in Galatians. Uh, I mean, we've seen that everywhere. I think in Philippians, but those two books really make that the central thesis of the whole book is around that theme. We are justified by faith and not by works. So how does that come together? Again, think of that math equation, the gospel plus the response, which part of that response is faith. I would say repentance and faith is that biblical response equals salvation plus good works. And so I think biblically, we have to deny uh, any kind of teaching that would make the gospel sound like this, the gospel plus the response plus good works equals salvation. And I think even James here, if you understand what he is saying, James is not making an argument that good works earn our salvation. And that's what you'd be saying if you're saying the gospel plus the response plus good works equals salvation. No, good works do not, cannot earn our salvation. But what what James is saying here, and this is not contradictory at all, to the rest of the Bible. James is not saying that good works earn our salvation. He is saying that good works demonstrate our salvation. And so if we see an equation that's only the gospel plus the response equals salvation, and there's no good works, eh, we should start asking some questions because faith without works is dead. And And the way to solve that is not by trying to add good works in, because then you're putting it on the wrong side of the equation. But that is, I think, a common American misconception, that if I can I can claim Christ, I prayed some prayer, I walked an aisle, I made some profession, therefore I am saved. And that's where James would say, not if there's no good works, you're not. 
because faith without works is dead. So that's the that's the broader picture. That's the more general sense we need to consider this warning and we need to see how it's such a problem in our culture. Faith without works is dead. And again, I think most of you if you look out at the world, you can admit that. It's a lot harder for people to admit that about themselves or someone that they're close to. I have never I've done a lot of counseling, I've done a lot of really I would say it's it's evangelism in a, in a counseling context with people that that may not be saved, and I've never had one of them disagree with me when I say this, that there are fake Christians in our culture. Everyone agrees with me at that point, but it can get a lot harder, especially when I'm talking to this person, and even by what they're describing to me, it's clearly faith without works. They are walking in darkness. It's a lot harder to admit, yeah, there's no works proving my faith. There's no works demonstrating my faith. And so, I have to ask you today, do you see fruit in your life? Now, we do need to be careful here because our trust is in Jesus Christ for our salvation. And even if there is fruit, well, it could always be better. There could always be more. But have you seen a change of direction in your life? Have you seen a, a demonstration of your faith? Now, hopefully that grows over time. But but do you see fruit? And if you're just saying, hey, honestly, the answer is no, there's no change, there's no fruit in my life, then I think you need to make the hard admission that your faith is dead. And so the the answer for you is not to try harder to do more works. It's to ask yourself, have I really repented and believed? And, and if there's no works, I, I haven't. So what am I missing here? And maybe talk to somebody you know or talk to a pastor about what that looks like in your life. Faith without works is dead. That's not my idea. That is the Bible. And that matches up with what Jesus says, where he says, many are going to say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not do this? Did we not do that? And he's going to say, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And some of you, you may be feeling a pang of conviction because every single one of us, what we need to admit, there are still gaps between what we claim and how we live. I mean, if you are a Christian, I would argue you should see some change of the direction of your life. You are a new person in Christ. You're seeing fruit, but there will still always be a gap between where you know the Christian life is calling you to and where you are. And so that's where I want to get to away from the more general sense to a more specific sense and even just go to how this passage begins and consider it in context. He asks, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and be filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? The implication is that's no good. And this is coming in context of that discussion we saw yesterday about the sin of partiality. And these people who, oh, I love God, but I'm showing partiality to these rich people and mistreating these poor people. I'm becoming an unrighteous judge, making bad distinctions when I do that. And so I want to ask you today to spend some time evaluating how, where are those gaps between what you know and how you are living in your life? This passage Yes, it, it should cause some to really examine themselves, as we saw in 2 Corinthians, to see whether or not you are in the faith. Uh, but for all of us, even if it's, yes, praise God, I see fruit in my life. I think we should still go to God even and ask, God, show me the inconsistencies in my own life. Show me where my 
walk is not matching my talk? Am I saying one thing in my life, but then am I mistreating some people? God, even are there blind spots that need to be exposed in my life? Spend some time praying about that. Spend some time thinking about that in response to God's word today. And I pray that God would help all of us to grow in sanctification, to close that gap between what we say we believe and what we, how we actually live, that we wouldn't be people just, you know, wearing a hat, claiming one thing. No, we'd be people who are backing it up with how we live. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.